You want some spice, old man? I got a Kessel, Pure, Glitter Stem, and Felution. What do you need? About some information. I'm looking for my daughter. She was taken, and she's on this planet. Well, if she's here, you're never gonna see her again. Nobody leaves this place. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. This is Waiting for Obi, a Star Wars podcast. Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. I have work to do. Join us as we explore the stories told in a galaxy far, far away, providing narrative context and reactions to Star Wars on Disney Plus and beyond. Hello there. And now, Waiting for Obi, with your hosts, Jason and Kim. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Waiting for Obi. Hello there. Hey, you did it. I did it. I was so excited last episode that I forgot. You know, it happens. It happens. I was just so excited about the fact that Obi-Wan was here and we could talk about it. And the show has been really good and that I totally missed the opportunity. So um, now everyone knows what my green will be for the next several episodes of our podcast. (laughs) Well, I mean, you could keep that greeting forever. Maybe I'm too I'm too wordy. Your your greeting, uh, just in general. Like oh. I can't just stop at hello there. Then I have to add other things. No. Well, speaking of other things, uh, we skipped a bunch of random stuff on the last episode. All we the did because we knew we were going to talk for a really long time about the episode, and, and we did. I think it it would. It, <laughs> sorry, it sorry. When the record of the longest episode, I think we. Uh, well, there was a lot in that episode. There was a lot of balancing back and forth, and lots of storylines to follow. I think there's a lot less to worry about here, but. And I and then earlier this week, uh, there's a uh, my husband also watches or I haven't watched it, but he has. There's another group that does reaction stuff, but it's like four dudes and it's all on YouTube content or whatever. And then I went, their show was an hour and some odd minutes. And the show was only and Jim went, uh, you might want to check yourself because <laughs> our first one might have ran a little long. So yeah. whoops. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, so, so yeah. Yeah, so things things happen from Star Wars Celebration that were uh, someday. I will next year. It's in in London. Yeah, I mean, I'll go to London. I got a passport, so right? well, it's not here yet, but I'm gonna have a passport. That would be fun. I wonder if I got to convince Sarah into going to London. I don't think that'd be hard. I know I could convince Jim. Yeah, I don't know that I can convince my bank account, but I can convince. Yeah, Jim. that might be the hardest part, I guess, about the whole thing. Um, yeah, so Star Wars Celebration did happen. Uh, and the Anaheim. If, for those who listen to the show and who are super nerds, then you probably know all these things. And for those who listen to the show that don't follow all the things, and I know there's at least two of you, um, this could be exciting. I don't know. It was well, exciting for us. It was exciting for us. Um, I, I will have to say, I was remiss that Star Wars Celebration, there was no news about feature films. Yeah. Considering that, um, unless they were Lucasfilm films, then they talked about those yes so the indiana jones that we don't need and <laughs> number five. Oh my gosh it's where indy blake breaks a hip oh man yeah so i was a little surprised especially knowing that 2023 is supposed to be released to um taika watiti's yeah one, they're real so. super hush hush about that i've seen a couple things since then that is like it's gonna talk about things i don't know it's not enough for me to feel like it's actual news yeah. about it yeah, they're actually going to try and sever the feature films from anything related to Skywalkers, which, yeah. They said that last time. Or they said that with Mando. Lies. Yeah, well. 
Uh, but we did get a, a trailer for Andor, which is our next series yes. on Disney Plus, which we're very excited about. It looks lovely. That is coming out in late August. Mm-hmm. When that will premiere. The only downside to so I'm super, super, super excited about Andor because Rogue One was a fabulous Star Wars film. However, this is all going to take place prior to that. And so I know for a fact that season one, there is no K2SO, and that makes my heart a little sad. Uh, we'll get there, right? And I really like the fact they've, this is the first time they started talking about how Andor is going to be kind of a parallel story between Andor and Mon Mothma, which is awesome, I think. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, there's some good, so I, I the show's still going to be fabulous. Well, it, Will it be as good as Obi-Wan? I don't know. Nothing will be as good as Obi-Wan. I agree. I don't think anything will have the preview. I saw where Marvel was kind of complaining that one of their shows didn't do so. I'm like, well, you put it up against Obi-Wan. Like, that's your own fault. Oh, Miss Marvel? Are they talking about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Miss Marvel. but it's, it's Obi-Wan has the biggest opening of any Disney Plus show. Miss Marvel has had the lowest Marvel opening. So yeah. I think still better than some other stuff. But They didn't. They didn't. Well. This is like not, this is not anyway, that's not what this podcast. that's not what this show's about. Sorry. We also got a trailer for Bad Batch season two, which we knew was coming. That was exciting that too. Was great. So mm-hmm. uh, it keeps uh me and Kim's uh, podcasting hobby in business. That's true. Now I do believe Bad Batch season two is has been pushed to 2023. I do believe that if you Google it, you're gonna see conflicting information. But I believe the most recent thing that I've seen legitimately pushed that to 2023. So at this point we're looking at uh obi-wan's gonna finish next week and then andor so we have andor and then mando season three mando season three is 2020 is february it's february so we think mm-hmm. bad batch season two is probably after that maybe yeah i feel like there was we something else something? they were gonna try to sneak in um what was it like they were gonna try to sneak in i feel like we are missing something yeah there's something there's something i'm gonna have to look yeah. um there's something else in february or not february in in fourth quarter hmm. i'm almost sure uh i want to say it could be one of, it's not that show with jude law i don't think that's i think that's a 2023 thing as well is it all those one shots like all those like stories of like the high mm-hmm. republic or something we're gonna have visions that's all stuff for the next episode next. i don't know i'm I'll, I'll look between now and the next time we record and i'll make sure we figure out what it is yeah we'll figure something out we'll tell y'all when we figure it out but in Christmas quarter, whatever you want to call Christmas that, uh, end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, <clears throat> uh, you will be able to purchase, I believe you can pre-order them now. Um, one of the things that I've seen several videos from Star Wars Celebration is an interactive Lola. So you can get your own Lola droid. And I'm going to need one of these. So it's from Hasbro. And they did something very similar with Chewbacca probably three or four years ago. I want to say, and I really wanted that one. So if you've ever seen their toy line, that's like the, if you have kiddos or if you just are like me and wander down toy aisles at Christmas time for nieces and nephews and friends and stuff, there is uh, a thing called for real friends. And they're like mostly cats and dogs. I think there's been a parrot. I don't know, but they're somewhat interactive pet electronic pets. And so Chewbacca is like that where uh, if you go find tabletop rebellion on TikTok, you will find Chewbacca in one of my videos. Uh, he had a big old time talking about games on on uh, May the 4th. But Lola is, is similar to that. So that, that she will respond if you're speaking and there'll be certain buttons. I think that you can um, trigger certain reactions and stuff like that. And they're honestly really fun to play with. So I, I 
expect a probably 60 to 80 dollar price tag i think but uh it she flapped her little her little you know her little lola wings i don't know if that's what you really call them but it was super cute so they had a couple on display that you could see at celebration i love this and you found a cool picture you found a cool reference to lola and carrie fisher yeah apparently carrie fisher had a a, was it a bird i think it was a bird a little bird a pet bird named lola so that's kind of the reference on naming the droid, or at least the short name for the droid being Lola. Um, I'm gonna need one. That's all that we've. I've already got my letter addressed to Santa Claus. Um, need that little need that little droid in my life. I love that. And but then maybe we'll have it on the show. Maybe we'll. Maybe you will have it on the show. I wouldn't put it past me. Mm. Speaking of the show, the show, the thing that we're here for. So now we're uh, I like. All right, this is these I these are such bigger spoiler warnings than any of the other shows I think we've ever done. Because Obi-Wan touches so many other Star Wars shows. So you've got the prequels, you've got the OGs, you've got Rebels, you've got Clone Wars. Uh, I guess you don't have as much Rebels yet. Uh but you definitely have Clone Wars. So, if you haven't seen any of those, there's a chance we're going to talk about them. Man. Um I don't think we'd ruin too much of the surprise. There's a few things about Star Wars that you kind of know. So, but if you have not seen part two of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series on Disney Plus that we are madly in love with, then this is your official spoiler warning. Yeah, and uh, you guys have probably noticed we're a little bit behind on these these episodes, but uh, one life and two, like they're coming out super fast. I mean, one and two was on the same day. Yeah, that was, I, I was, you know, part of me was like, ah, then we get less of it, but we get more of it. And then, but then it screws up our schedule. Yeah, life for sure. Like, uh, up here in our neck of the woods, we were at a board game convention for a week and then had to recover from that board game convention for like a week. Uh, and we've had illness, all kinds of stuff. So our apologies that this is a little bit delayed. Hopefully they gave you time to watch the episode and follow. And you can read along with us in your book. Yeah, yeah. You'll know it is time to turn the page. <laughs> Hear the chimes ring like this. And of Pro- course, on this show, we always try to do our best to talk about narrative context. Um, Obi-Wan is is f- is full of references Everywhere. and connections. Oh, my gosh. Um, to Star Wars future and past. Uh, if- this one's got some good ones. Um, if for some reason you're joining us now and you missed our episode one coverage, um, just know that Obi-Wan takes place uh, smack dab right in between episodes three and four. Uh, this is approximately 10 years after uh, the Revenge of the Sith, about nine years before A New Hope. Um, at a time when Obi-Wan uh, had really disconnected himself from the Force. Uh, and For and sure. Was- He's very hopeless he's very haunted i heard somebody use that word to describe him the mm-hmm. other day and i thought that was perfect and i think this there's been a lot of and i've said this multiple times and i'll continue to say there's a lot of work going on especially in disney plus space right now to find a way to make the entire star wars saga feel cohesive and connected um, mm-hmm. the show is doing a lot of that work i think there's there was a ton of backlash you know whether your opinions on, on the matter or not you know regardless uh there was a ton of backlash with kind of the way luke skywalker was depicted in the sequel mm-hmm. trilogy um i i think they're trying to paint an analogy here as well saying hey obi-wan this a bunch of crap happened to him and he is not in a good place and this is what happens to somebody who's not in a good place for um, sure and what's yeah, really nice I think about- we didn't allow them to be human, right? Yeah. Like we held all these Jedi to a different standard, and 
and Luke and Obi respectively each had very traumatic events happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sometimes that's what, you know, sometimes that can really have an, a profound effect on somebody. Uh, but in part, what's really nice about these seasons, these, this, the way they're divided these parts up to is that every part seemed to happen on a different planet as part of the journey. So it really does help make kind of understanding the storyline and flow really digestible. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular episode happens on the planet of Daiyu. Uh, Obi-Wan has finally left Tatooine after 10 years, uh, looking over Luke Skywalker throughout this whole time. And, uh, is now, on this, is now on this quest sent by Senator Bail Organa to save a young Princess Leia. Um, and Obi-Wan was sent to Dayu by Bail. Um, and, you know, he's kind of searching aimlessly. Uh, we don't really know really what's happening at this point, but it really makes a lot of sense when you think the fact that Obi-Wan has disconnected himself from the Force was not really easy for him to kind of land and just be like, oh, yeah, she's over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dayu, this is a brand new planet for us, right? It is. It mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of like the underbelly of Coruscant. Yes, kind of like that scene from Episode Two when um, Anakin and Obi Wan went to the the bar in the kind of yep. shady side of town. Yep. But, um, yeah. So he lands. Uh, the first thing we see, which is like the best part of this episode, in my opinion, um, is a homeless clone trooper begging for begging for money. Oh my gosh. This was such a surprise, right? Um, it, because it happens so quickly into the episode. You're right; like you're still really getting an understanding of your surroundings, and then just for this brief second, there's this homeless clone trooper, and yes, that is who you think it is portraying him. Yeah, yeah. Just right after, right out of the heels of just kind of finishing Boba Fett and then seeing Tamar Morrison play a clone trooper, which we, oh, we it about, makes me so excited for what could come though. Right. We, we talked about hoping that he shows up in Ahsoka as, um, uh, Rex. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause he has, he has gone on record saying he'd be willing to play these troopers. I mean, he played, you know, at least a, a digital rendition of him played most of the troopers in the clone wars. Um, so it is nice to see this kind of like, rough gritty home oh yeah big old beard like just yeah i mean you you barely have time to do a double take on it mm-hmm. but that was a nice little surprise and the for voice sure. is, the voice is definitely what tripped me that was such a that's a, such a cool moment but mm-hmm. it, it's also like it is very intentional to depict it was not only just a nice cameo but it really depicts kind of where how the clone troopers have fallen Oh, out, yeah. of, out of favor with the Empire. I mean, we saw, we see in the Bad Batch, we saw in the, definitely in the Bad Batch, we saw kind of this slow replacement of the clone troopers with conscripted soldiers. Mm-hmm. Which is why, you know, all the stormtroopers have different heights and can't shoot the broad side of a barn, if they were told. <laughs> um, but this is really the first time up until Rebels that we see these uh, clone troopers who are just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, not uh, on their falling on their bad times and out there panning for credits yeah it's crazy so i i absolutely think that is our little easter egg that we're gonna see more of him mm-hmm. um yeah but uh so then he quickly turns around and sees this pink-haired girl um we find out later not later we, we find out through various sources i.e wikipedia um that the character's name is titha grig uh who is actually a spice seller i think it's the first time we've actually Mm. Now, someone tried to sell Anakin death sticks, (laughs) 
But like <laughs> this is the first time we've actually had someone try to talk about spice and pet pedal spice as if it were like a drug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's we've we've kind of always known, but if you're not into like Star Wars like lore, like beyond the films, you probably still don't know that you know spice is the you know Star Wars equivalent of narcotics or some sort of mm-hmm. illegal substance. No, it's really just seasoning for your chicken. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Don't you want some Castle Pure on that yeah. ribeye? Some glitter stem, yes. <clears throat> yes. Uh, Felution is also one of the names of the spices. Um, we have seen Felucia uh, as a planet in the Clone Wars a couple of times. So okay. Yeah, just, just some references. Not really relevant, but it's a reference. Anyway. There, fu- there was an interesting line here in this one because... Well, I, I we see later on that Kenobi is trying to pass himself off as he's looking for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, she sa- she has a line that says that she was someone's daughter before she ended up there. Um, so she's a little pessimistic that Obi-Wan's going to, you know, this we're given the indication that this is a city where people disappear. Like mm-hmm. you don't go to find them. That's where they go to get lost. Uh, but the reason that line is a little bit more substantial is because the actress playing that girl uh, Tetha is actually Ewan McGregor's daughter. So she was somebody's daughter before she, she ended up there. She was his. So that marks three generations that the McGregors, or at least that family line, have been in Star Wars movies. Look at that. Look at Kim and her stuff. Kim and Jason's her stuff. teaching me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I thought that was cool. That was cool. Uh, so... This boy hears Kenobi looking for his daughter, and he does tell him that a Jedi, he he knows of a Jedi who helps people, which of course that perks <laughs> that piques Kenobi's interest because one, like, why would a Jedi be working so out in the open, especially in the mm-hmm. current environment? Yeah, um, and especially like someone who's peddling funds, right? Who's trying to use it for their own personal gain. Yeah. So, but he you never know he he might also believe that uh, some help is on his way. Yeah, you're kind of led to be unsure about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So then we jump over and we we do see like uh, a woman and her son, um, and they're claiming that they're safe. And then we've got this hooded man that is seemingly using the force to summon a comlink. And if that is not the most like, we get the answer to our question of is this guy really a Jedi or not? Right. Um. He. It, th- this is very parlor trick esque. Is the best way that I can. Uh, the best way that I can kind of. Yeah. Describe it. He's basically using these fake force powers to try and build confidence with his clients that he is a trustworthy individual. These legends of the Jedi, mm-hmm. of course, of, of these benevolent beings. I am. Um, it's only been ten years, but it also kind of leads us to. I think something we forget as a third party observer is that maybe the the Jedi were not omnipresent. It's not like there was Jedi walking down the street all the time. You know, it's a very it's oh yeah. We consider the galactic population of people. Like it was a very small group of individuals who were Jedi and trained. So yeah. even the average person, you know, probably did not run across them at any point in time. So they just had these kind of myths and these legends. And now, of course, now the Empire has extinguished the Jedi. They're even fewer and farther yeah. between. So, you know, these types of things impress them. Um, 
we do find out he's actually doing a good thing, mm-hmm. but he's profiting off of it. So it's kind of like, well, you know, uh, so that makes him a little bit of a, a neutral alignment in uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were a and d character. Well, I mean, probably a little bit more on our, you know, our rogue side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sees an opportunity to make some money uh, and help some people at the same time. Yeah, um, and apparently, like, and this woman, like, her son, you know, she's she did mention that he's force sensitive. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get them. Um, was it to to uh, Corellia? Is that that's a planet that we're f- at least familiar with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Least, so they're trying to at least. So he's doing something. Hopefully, we hope for the good because at this point, I was he setting them up for a trap? Like that's the thing that I wasn't sure of in this scene. Right. Of is he truly getting them to safety or is he setting them up to be captured? And that that's what I wasn't sure of um, starting out. Um, but uh, of course, Kenobi sees through all the tricks uh, that is happening here. He, <laughs> after the surprise, he didn't just laugh at him, but I guess that's not Kenobi's way. Right. After the woman, and the kid leave, he really, he calls Haja out for everything he's doing, impersonating the Jedi, the magnet tricks, all that jazz. Um, well, I love that he offered to show Kenobi a few tricks for a thousand credits. Mm hmm. <laughs> Because we know who Obi-Wan is. So right. it's funnier to us as a viewer that he's like, yes, definitely. You should teach. Because uh, Obi's kind of playing into it a little bit, right? Of like, oh, yeah, I need your help. And okay, I'll pay you all those credits. And That was, yeah, let me show you a few tricks. That just cracked me up. Yeah, so Haja does give him enough information to kind of leads him in the direction um, where I guess he thinks Kenobi, there, there's a lot of like, there's there's some dots that don't connect here. Uh, um, maybe someday some supplementary material will tell us what's going on. Um, but Kenobi enters through this like spice workshop. I guess is the Star Wars version of a meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he manages to crawl this uh, big distraction, which leads him, which allows him to get to this like back hallway. Um, he gets cornered by a couple of um just when you think he's like just when you think he's made it he then ends up getting kind of cornered by yeah. a couple of goons you know whoever was sort of in charge there he gets cornered he gets well he well he he kind of knocks them out he gets one of yeah, them to tell true. us where leia is um come to find out it's a trap uh where he it's gets ca- where he gets captured but they don't really know they don't really have a sense of who he is um no and then no and, the, and this is the same people who captured leia yeah so we've already kind of seen their wonderful antics in their chase <laughs> your favorite scene of episode one <gasps> um yeah so I, I i agree that they you know that oh this is just some old guy coming together yeah. they don't they have no idea who they're actually trying to capture yeah um but i think one thing we missed mentioning in the beginning um, was the uh, the girl who was peddling spice, who kind of told Obi Wan that you know give up hope. He did give her, she did give him like some spice for free, which was odd. Um, but come to find out, that was useful in this moment because he uh, dropped that spice on the ground, which uh, proved a good enough distraction and seemed more like you know sprang Mason to the the eyes of these guys. Um, so he does yeah. end up, and he uses this moment, this distraction, to actually go rescue Leia, which is nice, mm-hmm. and go find her and rescue her. Um, the fifth, the third of course, thing, Leia, Leia doesn't know who that guy is. Like, oh, no, she doesn't. This is like the first time she's ever met. Yeah, um, so she's just, an, he's just another guy trying to take her. Yeah. And there's, it's interesting, like, she doesn't really, 
she never really trusts him throughout this whole bit. No. Well, I mean, at that point, you know, my father told me to rescue you. Yeah. Eh. Okay. Like she's had a tough couple of days. So, and I don't think it's in Leia's natural, like she isn't that trusting necessarily. You know what I mean? Like that's just, I feel like that's, that's a very uh, Leia trait to not necessarily trust someone until they prove themselves to her. Right. Yeah, so Kenobi takes Leia. They try to escape out to the city. Meanwhile... Just miss the third sister. <laughs> meanwhile, the third sister shows up, uh, tries to fi- ask where Obi-Wan is, because at this point, they believe he's captured. She believes he's captured. Of course, Obi-Wan escapes. Um, and Reva is kind of sent to hunt him down in the mass of the crowds. Of course, it's a very busy planet. This is another one of those, like chase hide and chase scenes yeah Yeah. and that was it was a little bit like that one was a little bit better done because because it's so busy and he Mm -hmm. kind of swaps out a little bit of her clothing and that sort of thing but the whole like bait and switch where you know the bad guy shows up and the good guy has escaped like that was very (laughs) every cartoon we've ever seen that's what happens and but um and at that point like leia's starting to see that he is a jedi Mm -hmm. she doesn't fully believe it i think but um he's just trying to get dang leia to cooperate because she is so independent and she seems has very little fear honestly yeah and and honestly if if left to her own devices would just take off running through the city on her own and figure out that she'd get home on her own um pivoting briefly to what's happening with the inquisitors at this moment um yeah so the other inquisitors also show up on the planet uh, I guess, I don't know if Reva tipped them off onto um, where they are, or they were following her, or whatever. Um, she looks at the fifth brother and the Grand Inquisitor and tells them, like, this is like her moment where she's like, ha, I told you everyone's still alive. I yeah. used this kid to um, to find it, get him out of hiding. Which which is odd that they're just like, you know, they aren't like, good job, you know, third sister. They're, <laughs> they, they're just they, mad that she, again, disobeyed orders. Mad she disobeyed order. Mad that she's. It looks like she's just trying to gain um, favor uh, with, you know, essentially with Vader at this point. Is kind of they don't really come out and say it yet, right? Um, but you can tell this she's is like the her brown noser at work, man. She, yeah. She's um, trying to get in good with the boss to get the promotion over everybody else. Yeah, so we've all had that person. That we've raise your hand if you've had that happen. Right. At, at, you know what I mean. Um, so this is definitely the point uh, that they're all kind of on the hunt for Kenobi because, of course, everybody wants them. They all want to. Oh, well, yeah, because uh, turn that into Vader and you are mm-hmm. golden. Deliver Kenobi to Vader. Yeah, you're golden. Right. Um, yeah, so there's a couple. A lot of this happens really quickly. Um, yeah. One of which, you know. Uh, Leia is still trying to figure out if Obi Wan is is real or not. She kind of gets tipped on tip, tipped off that he's a Jedi, or uh, um, so like she wants him to prove it by making her float, which you know is huh, foreshadowing. A um, little bit, yeah. They're constantly on the run from the Inquisitors at this point. Um, well, and then Reva puts a. Ba- I thought this was weird. I don't know. Um, she puts a bounty on Kenobi, which I guess in a big city like that. Mm-hmm. It's filled with, I'm assuming, of course, that kind of place is going to be filled with bounty hunters and criminals and anybody trying to make a buck. So uh, an interesting move, though, I feel like, because 
I almost feel like that's underestimating Kenobi by putting a bounty. I mean, I think she's thinking I get more eyes on him than we'll catch him. Yeah, I really think that's what it is. It's, you know, they're not. This is not a. It's not a story where the security cameras everywhere, probe droids or anything. It's like she's got to use everybody else's eyes and and their lust for for money and right. profit. Um, this and that not- kind of scares Leia a little, mm-hmm. though. Like seeing his face. Like now she's not so sure because right. she associates you know, only bad men get bounties put on them. Yeah. And this is, it's also interesting too. I mean, this moment, kind of the way they framed up these bounties and everything definitely kind of harkens to the aesthetic they put into um, the Mandalorian too, which is a mm-hmm. nice connection forward to, to that kind of culture and that kind of underbelly of, of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, which is nice. But yeah, no, Kenobi continues to, to move Leia, um, to move Leia along, try to keep them moving. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some, some humorous moments through this chase and some interesting uh, creatures, some we've never seen before. Um, Which is always kind of fun in real life Star Wars when mm-hmm. you get that opportunity to see new things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really just trying, like, so Kenobi's just trying to get through the city. Right. Um, to to the next location to try to get them out of there. Meanwhile, the Green Inquisitor and the various fifth fourth third twelfth i don't know brothers and sisters once are just trying to put the city in lockdown i don't understand their hierarchy of titles it's so confusing um so it's you know they do have um they do have this kind of showdown at least where now all these bounty hunters are aware of kenobi Mm -hmm. and so you start to feel the ring getting a lot tighter right um so in i'm trying to think what to which this feels very much like a movie we've seen before but i don't know that we've seen it in star wars we take to the roofs uh, of things i mean it's a trope and star wars is always kind of yeah hinged on kind of older movie tropes take take to the roofs and uh kind of run across they uh, i think i think you mentioned to me in in a message like this was this was a this was an okay scene, but some of the wire work from the Inquisitor <laughs> felt a little clunky. A <laughs> little bit, um, but on you know on some level that is a I think a product of uh, a TV show. You know, yeah, I think so too. You get a lot from like the the DC uh, shows on the CW and the kind of special effects that you can only do so yep, much. You got a different budget, a different budget, but um, it was fine. Uh, you know, running across the roofs, you have Reva chasing Obi Wan and Leia. Um, ultimately, uh, this Leia gets to float because uh, she she misses doesn't her step. Listen. She doesn't, doesn't, listen. doesn't listen, and so poor Obi, like he's trying to wrangle, he's trying to to wrangle in a child. He doesn't have a lot of babysitting experience, right? Um, he is. If you've seen any movie from the eighties, he's being outsmarted by the child at this point that he was entrusted to babysit. Mm-hmm. adventures and jedi babysitting right um that's what it felt like a lot like obi has no idea how to reel in a 10 year old kid right especially one as opinionated and smart as leia organa right so um she's freaked out about who he is they're all getting shot at so he's trying not to get shot on top of not lose the kid uh and somebody grab her so yeah so she it's completely convinced that she can jump from this one building to another mm-hmm. and it's way too wide of a gap. Um, and so Kenobi, we at least see that he can still connect to it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, cause he's, he manages to cushion her fall, but it's almost like one of those moments of you don't discover your power until yeah. it's an emergency and you need it kind of thing. It took us some effort. Happens. Yeah. You could definitely tell mm-hmm. he struggled. He struggled to get this, which is something that should have come naturally to him. Oh yeah. Nor- normal, normal. Obi could have done that and fought off two or three sets of, of laser <laughs> bullets coming at him and not broken a sweat. Right. And this Obi almost didn't, she almost, you know, almost didn't land her. Right. Yeah. At least now she believes him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, near death is all that it took. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he also gets himself down there um, with the space prologue down. They're, they're really hurting for a way out of there. Um, hey, and enter uh, our deus ex machina of the episode, Haja, our fake Jedi <laughs> from before. Um, in this moment, we're not really sure what's happening, right? We've got the bounties on. Um, Kenobi's wondering if Haja's going to turn them in for money. Oh yeah, because we just don't know what that guy's motives are. We don't. And when he got the the notice of the bounty initially, like there was some thought as to, oh, he's not. This is not going to end well for Kenobi because he's. Oh yeah, because he was like, all right, let's go. Like, Um, and we've already been given, you know, the way that they portrayed him early on was this guy's here to make a buck. Right. He doesn't care about whatever way that gets him a buck because he's willing. Yeah. Um, but we do kind of find out. Hey, he's actually. He's not, so bad. He's not so bad. He's not so bad. He gives them directions onto an automated cargo transport that would get the two of them out of the system and onto the next place, which is what happens in part three. Um, right. And he even agrees to kind of not agrees, but he volunteers to be a distraction. I thought and I honestly thought like that's the end for him. Sure. I did, too. Like, I thought, wow, that's he doesn't even know this guy. Mm-hmm. And that is like, I was really surprised surprised yeah yeah so I, i'm i'm actually surprised reva left him alive so i mean he he kind of posed briefly as obi-wan he told reva that he was a jedi she realized that he was not um but she kind of got a sense that he knew something about kenobi and mm-hmm. uh, we're kind of alluded to the fact that she uh used some sort of mind probe on him kind of the way that um kylo ren did in episode seven yeah, because um, we didn't see anything with mind probes on the fours in any of the previous, uh, you know, episodes one through six. Right. So this yeah, does kind of connect that force power to something we we see later on, which is you know, it's a nice it's a nice touch. Um, so at this point, Obi and Leia are running to this uh, kind of automated um, <laughs> cargo ship. Yeah, uh, Reva knows where Kenobi is going. Um, now that she's kind of gotten out of him. Um, Kenobi is very distrustful, which is unlike, I think, unlike him. Like, I think mm-hmm. always on the prequel. I mean, he trusted the diner guy, right? Episode two. Uh, right. So he's he's always kind of known who to trust and who not to trust. In this case, he seems to be getting it all wrong. I wonder if some of that is the disconnection from the Force, too. Probably is. There's an instinct that I think the Force gives them that um, mm-hmm. he's he's lacking here. Um, just a smidge. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, so they're on this cargo ship. Reva is out to get Kenobi. Um, kind of, uh, Kenobi sends Leia onto the cargo ship they're leaving while mm-hmm. Kenobi's back, um, kind of where all the cargo is trying to provide us yeah. to make sure Leia can go. Cause that's just one more thing to keep track of. And, right. and we're realizing that he doesn't have the capacity to, to spin all the, manage all those spinning plates. Right. right? So he's got to get one, get rid of one distraction so he can focus on the other. This is the moment um, 
that obviously Reva can't really sense him. He's disconnected. He still seems very disconnected from the force, so it's very difficult for her to find yeah. him. Yeah, and I feel like that. I've, I think they could do a decent job of showing that mm-hmm. that if because if, Reva's got some fairly powerful um, force powers, and she's she. It's almost like she can she can kind of gauge, but she doesn't know right where he is. Right. And normally, if he were full, she would have been able to find him very easily. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, this was was kind of most important about this moment for the whole episode mm-hmm. is that she declares that Darth Vader wants Anakin Skywalker alive. Or sorry, Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader wants Obi Wan Kenobi alive. That he's been searching for him, and it is that moment that. Obi-Wan's like, wait a minute. How did I how did I not know about Darth Vader? How did I not know that Anakin Skywalker? Because like, I think at that point he knew Darth Vader. I mean, Anakin was was given the name Darth Vader in like towards the middle of episode three. Right. So it would not be a surprise that Obi-Wan knew who Darth Vader was a pseudonym for. Um but the fact that she also said uh, she also said his name, Anakin Skywalker, is alive. Been looking for Kenobi for a long time. Um, Kenobi was shocked to find out that Anakin was still alive. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as he knew, he left him for dead yes. on Mustafar, um, and that he was only protecting um, Leia. Well, he was only protecting Luke from the Emperor. Right. He and you know at this point the Inquisitors as well. He did not know um, that Anakin, uh, Luke's father, was still alive. That was such a good scene too. Yep. Like just that they they zoom in to just like so you get a real good look at his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to Ewan McGregor for acting that out because I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, I like that was a good scene. Yeah, so there's a big shock. Uh, it, 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 I mean, you get the whole like when knocked out of you kind of idea from Obi Wan yeah. to hear this information. Yeah, and this and really frames up the kind of the rest of the series is how is mm-hmm. you know kind of yep. This is where we really get to see where he is, where his knowledge is about what's going on around him. I mean, honestly, it's 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 the same way Luke was disconnected from the Force and yeah, um, uh, the Last Jedi. Right, he didn't know that Han had passed away. Like if he was right. to the force, he would have felt he was that. Just, yeah, just like Leia felt it as soon as it happened. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like this is. It was in this moment that I realized why they released both of these together. It just. It this almost could have just been one really long episode. Yeah, you needed this. It's episode. a good. You needed, you needed both of these to set up the set up the rest of the the story. Absolutely. Um, so to Kenobi's benefit, uh, the Grand Inquisitor right. actually comes after Reva. So it's a nice moment. Um, kind of gives him enough distraction to escape. Um, and Reva's had enough. The Grand Inquisitor. She tells him to stand down so he can get Kenobi, bring Kenobi in himself. Uh, and to which she ramps him into the torso with a lightsaber. Yeah, which. Uh, the internet collectively lost its mind about uh, because so many articles about is Obi-Wan Kenobi destroying canon. Yeah. And you all just have to wait in for more episodes to see if and how that, you know, if that resolves itself. But it yeah. was a lot of like, hold up. He dies here. Yeah. Leaves so many questions because the Grand Inquisitor you also see in Rebels, correct? Yep, which happens five to six years after this series. Same character, and they we've been told even though there's a there is a discrepancy on the kind of the visual portrayal of both these characters, it is the same character. 
um, in Rebels and here. Uh, and they killed him off here. Or did they? I mean, because I'm sitting here thinking well, she better have killed him because it's not like he's not going to know who stabbed him. <laughs> right. Like the whole time I'm like, she she just put a uh, a ticking time clock on herself if he doesn't die. Right. And we've seen so many force sensitive people come back from those. Qui-Gon, not so much, um, oh, yeah. which is unfortunate. But maybe because he gave himself over to the force. But I mean, Darth Maul got severed in half. And was able to robot himself back together. Right. Robot. Yes, he was. So it's like, so you look at this and go, well, for some people that's been fatal. Mm-hmm. For other people that has not. And so that leaves a giant question mark in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just think, uh-oh, Reva, like, <laughs> you done did. <laughs> yeah. You done messed up. Yeah. And in that distraction, of course, this is the moment Kenobi is able to escape, joins Leia inside the car yep. shuttle. It powers up and it heads off onto its journey. Um, it's a good end scene, though. Yeah. Like, Leia can clearly see that, like, you know, he had to get to the shuttle. And now that he's free, like, now he's really digesting this information that he just got. And mm-hmm. Leia can tell that that something is wrong. And then they end the whole episode with Vader waking up submerged in a back to tank. Yeah, and this is crazy. We've seen the kind of we've seen the the back to tank thing, the healing part. We saw a little bit of that in Rogue One, actually. Um, well, and I mean, and we're familiar with it because look at how much it healed Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting a lot of a lot of back to tank, which is funny. I feel we- like they're giving, uh, uh, like we've seen so much backstory on Tuscan Raiders and even now Jawas. I feel like they're also going. Here's what back to tanks do, and here's what they're really <laughs> capable of. To your point earlier, to try to make sense yeah. of some yeah. things that have happened. Yeah, you know, it, how do you bring a character who was perceived to be dead by being eaten in a Sherlock pit? Uh, how on earth would he be able to survive that? Right. Back to tank. The back to tank. The man, the miracle liquid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this this ending part is interesting to me because what what do you think is happening here? Do you think Obi-Wan has opened himself up to the Force, which is what caused Darth Vader to kind of wake up do you think the grand quiz are getting stabbed i mean yeah i don't know what what has caused darth vader to or it's just coincidence that hey i'm gonna wake up now and go do something well and it could be enough though that if if reva has sent off some like it it may not be that he feels kenobi but Mm. that he's aware of reva finding kenobi maybe i don't know that's a good point you know and if this is all planned like kind of the way it's all playing out if this is planned i mean this is emperor level of course um complicated planning here well and we're still in the realm of really angry anakin right mm-hmm. like this is this is going to be the vader that we saw rogue one ish like that was just terrifying yeah dun 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 yeah i don't know there's a. Uh... Yeah, so the big question at the end of this one is, uh, Mr. Inquisitor? <laughs> question mark. Are you alive or are you What not? happens here? Because I don't, I do not see them. Um, full of, I'm not saying that there have not been subtle differences in some of the stuff that they've done. They are not going to change Star Wars canon that much. I, that's not, there's no way. Right. Yeah, especially in, in I mean, Invalidating a novel or a comic book, maybe, but invalidating a whole television show. His own television show? <laughs> so, right. No way. 
No way. That's so crazy. Um, uh, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. And how the heck does she even get out of this? Like, if if for, I mean, for anybody not there, she could blame it on Kenobi. Mm-hmm. How do you get away with stabbing your boss? I shouldn't say that on a podcast. Um <laughs> These are not things that I need to know that I, I this is not this is not inquired. This is uh, all fictional. How does one fictional character get away? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it was a choice. I mean, you know, the dark side is driven by rage. So, oh, she's very ragey. She's very, she's very, she's an angry. She's, I feel like someone needs to give her a Snickers. <laughs> I feel better with the Snickers. <laughs> that would be the greatest Snickers commercial. <laughs> right. Snickers is missing out. They need to be talking to Star Wars. Oh man, that's so true. Oh, so good. So this was this was a fantastic. In my opinion, these two are your opening, are really your opening show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I get why they released both of them together because I think you needed both to hook everybody. Yep, that is for sure. And it is. I, I mean, and I'll be honest. Of course, it's difficult to to have more questions from this episode because. We we are caught up with the series at this point. We are recording this. I know. I'm trying to remember what was I asking at the time. The Inquisitor yeah. was the big question there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm confident. Like I don't know where that cargo ship is taking them. Yeah. We don't know because again, we're he's still trusting those coordinates that he got from our little rogue Jedi pretend fella. Yeah. Who is who? Yes, that is an actor that you have seen in other things. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name though because I know I'll do it wrong. Yeah, uh, most, well, I don't say most recently, but from the Eternals is where I've... Yeah, yeah, he was going to say he was in the Eternals. He was in the Eternals. Um, his character. There. Flea did meet his demise in this one, so no more Flea. Yeah. But all in all, yeah, a great ending <sighs> to what was, you know, essentially part 1A, or part 1B. Yeah, um, I'm I'm overall very pleased with this series so far. Yeah. Um, but if you have Other any thoughts, than the chase scene in episode one. But if you have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, feel free to drop us an email at contact at waitingforobi.com or find us on Facebook at Waiting for Obi, where Kim would love to converse with you. I will answer you faster there than Jason will answer your email. That is mostly true because I'm sure there's an email in my inbox that I've yet to answer because the person who sent it has texted me and said, I sent you an email and that was months ago. And <gasps> David, I apologize. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so maybe Facebook's the way. This is the way. Um, and we'll share some more goodies and such on our Facebook page. So make sure you're following us over there and tune in next week as we continue to find out what's happening with Obi-Wan Kenobi. We will see you again next time. Bye. You have been listening to Waiting for Obi, presented by The Chance Cube. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope you join us again. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waiting for Obi. Until next time, may the Force be with you.
This program is a rogue one, not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company.